Hey, my name is Phil, and this is my wife, Meredith, and we are the pastors here at Cornerstone Church. We're so glad that you have connected with us here today and that you're getting ready to listen to a message that we know is going to build a resilient faith in your life. Right now, in this moment and in our days ahead, let's continue declaring Jesus over every situation. Enjoy the message. Will you turn with me to Matthew chapter 2? This is the same passage of scripture that we looked at last Sunday. If you remember last Sunday, I told you over the next several weeks, we're going to be focusing in on this uh, scripture out of the book of Matthew. Of course, this is Matthew's account of the life of Jesus, and this is what Matthew highlights for us surrounding Jesus' birth. And we're going to look at these couple passages of scripture over the coming weeks and see all of the things that we can extract that Matthew is pointing out to us. So Matthew chapter 2, starting in verse 1, it says, And now after Jesus was born in Bethlehem of Judea, In the days of Herod the king, behold, wise men from the east came to Jerusalem, saying, Where is he who has been born king of the Jews? For we saw his star when it rose, and we have come to worship him. Now, if you'll flip a few more lines over with me to the book of, in the book of Matthew, chapter 7, looking at verse 7, these are now the words of Jesus. Jesus is speaking to those who have come to hear him teach, and he says, ask and it will be given to you. Seek and you will find. Knock and it will be opened to you. For everyone who asks receives, and the one who seeks Finds, and to the one who knocks, it will be opened. Say, the one who seeks, finds. God, we thank you for your word. We thank you that you came to us, and we ask you to give us hearts to remember how you came to us in this season. And God, I thank you that everyone who seeks you will find you, God, that when we seek you in earnest, you are waiting to be found. So we ask, God, that you might be found among us. In your mighty name, Jesus, amen. So there are these things called the five love languages. Maybe you've heard of them, maybe you haven't. Often people go through them at times like if they're doing pre-marriage counseling, they can be an incredibly useful tool in a marriage, but they're also really useful just in friendships or even sometimes in your workplace. They have to do with this idea that all of us like to give and receive love or affirmation in different ways. The idea is that there are five different ways that we understand and that we receive love and affection and affirmation affirmation from other people, that everyone needs a little bit of all of the five, but that we normally have a top one or two that are our pride, like that one really means a lot to you. There are five different ones. They are, let's see if I can remember them. They are words of affirmation. So that means you like people telling you, you're awesome. I think you're so cool. That means you're amazing. Some of you right now are like, I am amazing. (laughs) Words of affirmation may be your top love language. One of them is acts of service. It means so much to you if someone does something to help you. If someone does something helpful towards you, you're like, that person must love me. You're like falling in love with the mechanic. No, baby, you paid them for that. (laughs) 
They did not, they, you, that's not the same. Okay, words of affirmation, acts of service, physical touch. If someone holds your hand, rubs your back, you're like, yes, this person, this is how I show. My affection is physical touch. Words of affirmation, physical touch. Quality time, quality time. You just want to hang out. You just want to be with someone, just being around them. You just need lots of time. And there's like all subcategories. You want to have like great conversations with this person. And you don't really need like, you know, you don't need someone to like hold your hand. You just want that time with them. And then the fifth one is gifts. This is gifts golden month. This month is the gifts, people. They are like, here we go. December is the time to shine. Gifts is exactly what it sounds like. You give and you receive affection through the purchasing of gifts that you give to someone else or that are received by you. Generally, the way that we express our love and affection is the same as the way that we receive our love and affection. And so if you are a gifts person, you want to give gifts to people in your life and you want to receive gifts from people in your life. And I came here today in defense of the gifts people who gifts is their top love language. Because gifts people often get a bad rap because people act like they're just materialistic and they just want people to get them a bunch. I think gifts people are the most misunderstood. And so if gifts is your top love language, I came here to defend you today and explain to everyone else it's not just that you like a lot of Prada, it's that there's more to it under the surface. Although you would appreciate the Prada if someone showed up with it. The thing about gifts, though, actually, if you dig into it and if you really learn about the love languages, is that the thing that speaks to the person with gifts is that you have learned about them. The thing about gifts, love language, is that you have searched out something that is for them. And that means something to, it means that they feel like you have taken time throughout life to pay attention to little hints and to, that you are always hunting and always searching for what is their favorite kind of this and what's their favorite color and what are the things they like to do and what activities are they in right now? Because you're always gathering clues so that when you come to a gift, you have found something that is just for for people who are gifts it's about the gift but it's also about all of the back work that it took to get the searching and the hunting and the understanding and the seeking after who this person is that it took to get to the gift Phil are you tracking (laughs) I couldn't resist it to get to the moment of the gift. And the magi, the wise men, the three kings we sometimes call them, are master searchers of details. They are the ones who have devoted their life 
These are people who have committed their entire life to being part of a group of people who seek after and hunt after the deep truths of life. They spend their days searching through all the different ancient texts, and they spend their days trying to study the stars and say, what is creation telling us about what's happening right now? And they sit around discussing the latest philosophies and trying to understand all of the people. These men are master searchers of what is happening, and they are seeking, and they are hungering, and they are longing, and they are gathering information, trying to find and trying to understand truth. They want to know what is the deep truth, the deep meaning, the real thing, what is everything. They can sense that something is happening, and all of the sudden, they see a star that wasn't there before, and because they've been searching, it stands out to them that there is something new that is happening, and they are those who have been searching, and so they know in their searching that something has been, and they come to hunger after truth. And they go on a journey to find it. They are those who begin seeking and running and searching after the truth of what this star must be telling them and how it aligns with things that they have read and they have studied before. Now, they are those who seek after truth, and that truth leads them to the person of Jesus, but I think it's important to understand that the the focus of their life was not understanding what they wanted to find, and the focus of their life wasn't in finding. There are many things that we can seek after, and I think so many of us, we seek after finding things that will confirm to us what we're already searching for. We seek after things that we hope will line up with what we've already thought and what we already believed, but the wise men weren't searching after convenience because the thing that they found was incredibly inconvenient for them. It meant that they had to pack up all of the things that they had and go on a long journey from where they were in the west all the way to the east to find after and to search after this truth. Truth rarely comes in a convenient form and truth rarely comes in the way that we hoped that it would, but it was inconvenient to them, but their hunger for truth caused them to journey after it. It was not comfortable for them to go on this journey. And it was not comfortable for them to go before Herod and say, hey, we know that you're kind of the king, but we came to find another king. Yet they still sought after the truth. They didn't search after simply popularity that would allow them to be known in the place where they were or that would allow them to be applauded by people who were in places of prestige because once again they went before Herod and put themselves in an incredibly precarious position because their hunger for truth caused them to search after something different. They weren't searching after power because if they were searching after power, it would have made more sense for them to appease the the desires of Herod and the ego of Herod so that they too could be lifted up into a place of power, but they weren't searching after power. They were searching after truth. 
And I think this is important for us to remember in a time where it's easy to find information and when it's easy for us to search after many things, but it is sometimes difficult to discern and to determine what is truth. What is the real thing that we're coming to in the end? What is the underlying? What is the thing that cannot be shaken? And when these wise men who had committed their life to searching after truth came to the end of truth, it says that they found Jesus there. John 1 and 9 tells us about Jesus. This is John's account of Jesus' birth and of his coming. And it says, and the true Light, which gives light to everyone, was coming into the world. John uses much more poetic language than Matthew does. And when John recalls who Jesus is and what it was like when Jesus came into the earth, he tells us that the true light came into the world. And these wise men came seeking after truth. And when they came to find truth, it brought them to the person of Jesus. They found themselves there as those who had sought in so many ways after so many things throughout life at the, the foot of a baby. They found themselves, no doubt, not looking at a package like they thought they would find throughout the years, but instead they found themselves looking at a package that was different than many had assumed he would come in. They found themselves in a city that was not a city that they probably would have assumed, but they learned along the way how to seek after truth and how to find after truth, and they continued their searching, and they continued their seeking, and because they were willing to seek after him. I think that there are people who are searching after Jesus and they don't even know what they're trying to find yet. There are those who have been hungering for truth and looking throughout all of the ancient scrolls and all of the ancient texts and who have been hungering for truth, trying to dig through like these wise men saying, there must be something going on here. I have a sense that there's something deeper happening and I have a sense that there's there's something more that is happening here. And I have a sense that there's something that I need to be drawn to. And my statement to you and my declaration to you is that as long as you keep seeking, not after your own desires, and as long as you keep seeking, not after what you're hoping to find, and as long as you keep seeking, not after what everyone else might want to tell you, but keep seeking for truth. Like wise men, it will lead you to Jesus. And these wise men went on their journey. And when they went on their journey, they found themselves before Herod looking for the one born king of the Jews. And then they went on their way, the star continuing to lead them. And because they were master searchers, they had been gathering clues throughout their life about who this was that they were coming to seek and where it was that they were going. And they found themselves finally before Jesus and before his parents. And when they came with them, they brought gifts. And their gifts tell us how good they were at gathering the clues, how good they were at paying attention along the way. 
because they brought gifts to Jesus that tell us that they knew who he was, though he was still a baby form, though he was still young, though he had not yet stepped into his ministry that would come decades down the line. These wise men had been paying attention to who it was they were coming to find, and when they came to find him, it tells us that they knew exactly who they were looking at because they bring him gold. And gold is a gift for a king. The wise men bring him gold and they lay it at the feet of a baby. What a strange gift for a baby to bring him gold. But they bring gold and they lay it before him because gold is the gift that you would give to a king. And it's the wise men's way of saying, we know who we are coming to see. We know who you are, Jesus. I see who you are. I've been searching out and I've been seeking for you. And though I was looking for a long time before I found you, when I I found you. I knew who I was looking at, Jesus. I knew that I was looking at the king. I knew that I was looking at the king of all of heaven and earth, and I brought a gift that is fit for a king, and I brought a gift that is worthy of a king, and I brought a gift that will announce to anyone else who sees it that this is the one who was born king and that we want to acknowledge you as King Jesus and we came to bow before you as King Jesus and we came to say that you are the king of kings and that as the king you are worthy of the only precious gift that we could muster and you are worthy of the only precious gem, uh, metal that we can bring to you, the purest gold that we can find. We have come to offer a gift for a king. Gold was a gift that would be reserved for kings and and brought at the births of kings to announce that the king has been born and they lay before him gold. And then they bring him frankincense. And frankincense would have been used by priests in the temple to perform their ceremonial duties. And these wise men are saying, in our searching and in our studying, Jesus, we've learned who you are and we want you to know that we didn't just come because you are one of many and we didn't just come because we think that you are part of the many things that are happening. We want you to know that we are acknowledging and we have studied and we see that something unique is happening here and that Jesus, there is an only about you that is different from all other. And so, yes, you are king, but there have been many kings. We want you to know that we see that you are also priest, that you are the priest, the great high priest that will replace every priest that has ever been, that you are the first and the foremost, Jesus. And we are announcing to anyone who could see that there is a gift for a king here, but it's not only a gift for a king because we've also brought frankincense. And when we bring frankincense, we want you to know, Jesus, that we see that you are the priest that has come to, to intercede on our behalf, to be our inter mediary. The priest at the time would have been those who went to the people and, and heard from the people and then went from the people into the most holy place to intercede and be there in between. And when Jesus comes and when the wise men come and bring him frankincense, a gift for a priest to announce that this is what your priestly duty and your priestly assignment is. They are making an announcement that Jesus, we've been studying 
finding you. And Jesus, we've been paying attention. And before we found you, we started putting some clues together about just who you are. And our gift is an announcement, not just that we brought something to you, not just so that they have something to sit in a nativity scene down the line. Our gifts are an announcement, Jesus, that we see you and we know you and that you have come for this express purpose. And they bring him frankincense to say, Jesus, we see that you are the high priest, that you are the one who has come to be our eternal intermediary, that you are the one who has come to say that heaven is here and you are here. And I am now making the cross of the in-between because I am the only one who has both had foot in heaven and now both had foot on earth. And before this thing is all done, their last gift comes to announce they bring myrrh with them, which would have been used in burial preparation because they are announcing at his birth that we understand that you came on a mission, Jesus, and that you came for a purpose, Jesus. Jesus, we see all of our gift came to announce, Jesus, that we see you and we know you and we know that you didn't just come to fling a star in the sky and you didn't just come so that angels in heaven could announce your great birth. You came to be the one who was born to die and they came to say that we came to announce that we get that and that we see that Jesus that we brought you gold because you are the great king who came to be the king of heaven and earth who was and is and is to come that you are our eternal intermediary you are our great high priest and that even as a baby Jesus we see that you came on a mission to lay your life down for all of us to be the one who becomes our eternal sacrifice to be the one who laid himself willingly on the altar and says for all of your sin and for all of your shame and for all of your shortcoming and all the space that you could never gap on your own I came for this reason and I came for this purpose to be the one who would lay down my perfect life and my perfect blood on your behalf so that you too can enter into eternal glory with me so that you too can have everlasting life with me so that you too can enjoy and experience the express love of the father their gifts are not just pretty little trinkets that they brought so we would have something to sing in a song their gifts are a declaration that they know who Jesus is and the fullness of who he is is there in baby form and they travel on this journey and they come to see Jesus and throughout Jesus life there would be many people who come to see him there would be many people who come out of their curiosity to find out who is this Jesus There would be many people throughout Jesus' life who come to seek him because they want healing from him, because they are hurt in their body, because their soul is in anguish, because their mind has been broken, and they come to Jesus for healing. There would be many who come to find Jesus for deliverance. There would be many who come to Jesus for learning or for understanding 
there would be many who come to hear him preach his sermons. There would be many who come to become his disciples, to become his followers, those who say, I want my life to look like your life, Jesus. I want to be more like you and they would come to him for that reason and for that purpose and there would be many who come to him to say I want forgiveness of my sins Jesus and he's the only one who can say I have forgiven you for all of your sins there are many who would come to Jesus throughout his life for all of these reasons each of them valid and each of them part of why he came but I think first things are important. I think what happens at the start matters. That's why I think giving of our tithe matters because it's a first thing that tells me about the rest of a thing. It's why I like starting off our year with our 21 days of prayer and fasting because there's something about a first thing that tells me what the rest of the thing is going to be like. It's why I think your young adult years matter more than you are taking credit for and more than many people tell you because there's something about the way that you direct and you talk about and you think about your first years as an adult that direct what the rest of them are going to be like. I think that first things matter. And when the wise men come to see Jesus, they don't come for healing and they don't come for forgiveness. They don't come because they're curious. They don't come necessarily to become disciples. They don't come for deliverance. They don't come seeking any of those things. It says they have come to worship him. They say we have come to worship him. We came for this reason because we have seen an announcement and we are those who have been seeking after truth and we have begun putting the pieces of all of our searching together and all of our searching has brought us to this place and has brought us to this person and when we find him we know that what we need to do is we need to worship him. We have come to bow down before him. We have come to lay our gifts before him. We have come to say that we see you and we know you. And that when we saw you and we, the truth that we have found has led us to one outward expression. And that expression is worship. In all of our seeking, the truth leads us to Jesus. And when we see the revelation of his truth, that truth must move us in to worship that like the wise men who sought to find him we have found ourselves in a place of worship John 4 and 23 Jesus is talking to a woman and as he's talking to her and he's unpacking she actually is the first person that he reveals himself to as the Messiah and in that conversation he says to her but an hour is coming in fact it's now here when the, worship, when the true worshipers will worship the Father in spirit and in truth. For the Father is seeking such people to worship him. Understanding the truth of who Jesus is should lead us in to a place of worship.
understanding the truth of who he is should cause the awe and the wonder and the majesty of his name to dwell up on the inside of us to fill us to such overflowing that there is something that moves on the inside of us and says for all of the lights that I'll hang and all of the gifts that I'll wrap and all of the songs that I'll sing what I carry in me and what has to come out of me is a worship that says God I know who you are God I see who you are I see that you are king of all and I see that you are my great high priest I see that you came to lay your life down for me there is something about worship there's something about worship that will move you that will relocate us it says that the wise men were far off in the west but because of this drawing on the inside of them it relocated them all the way to the east there's something about worship that fortifies me it strengthens my soul and it causes me to stand up the wise men stood before Herod the strongest most powerful man who was in the land who was known to be incredibly vicious and they stood before him and they said we've come to seek a king and when they could tell that his heart was against them they decided to go it fortified who they were on the inside there's something about worship that relocates me and there's something about worship that fortifies me and there's something about worship that has to cost me because we said we have to come and bring something to lay before him I can't worship in a way that doesn't cost me something I can't worship in a way that doesn't cause me to pour out something. I can't worship in a way that hasn't caused me to sacrifice. If you look back at the etymologies and again at first mentions, the first mention of worship in scripture is in connection with sacrifice. Worship always has to do with something dying and something being laid down and something costing something. They said when we found him, when we saw the truth, when the true light rose in our life and we saw the truth of who Jesus is and we saw the truth of why he came and we saw the truth that he is the one who is now here and we saw the truth that all of the Old Testament scriptures were being fulfilled in the life of this person Jesus when we saw the truth of his love and when we saw the truth of who he is our response was not everything we could get from him and our response was not everything that he could do for us our first response was we have come to worship we have come on bended knee we have come with hands lifted high to say glory to the newborn king worthy to the only one to the one who laid down his life we have come to worship your name and say holy 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 to join with the chorus of heaven and say let us not be caught up in confusion and let us not be caught up in consumerism and let us not be caught up in all of the extra but let us come oh let us come to worship you we have come to worship you we have come to say you are holy we have come to say Glory to God in the highest. Glory to God in the highest. Peace on earth. Jesus, we've come to worship you. Jesus, we've come to magnify.